Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Recorded live. All right, all right, all right. This is, I believe, session four of uh, Qualifying Men, me and Mayor, my home sister. Uh, we are, are doing our thing here. It is Monday, May 23rd, uh, just a little after 8 a.m. Uh, we are early birds. Well, she's an early bird. Actually, we're both early birds. And, um, yeah, there you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm usually a late sleeper. But what happens now is that uh, I sleep so I sleep so late I'm just up early, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you know that. So we are going in um, on continuing the conversation called the top twenty differences between men and women. Um, I think we stopped at number five last week, so I'm just going to make sure where, where we are. Um, uh, I talked about safety and security uh, for women versus men. That's the you know the main thing. Uh, I know I said that uh, men are rational, women are emotional. Um, you know, stop me where I, if I didn't get that, get cover that. Um, third was uh, that women multitask and men are single-focused. Yeah. Very single-focused. Um, women communicate, men do. Um, yep. You know, then women, you know, use 20,000 words a day, men only use seven, <laughs> right? And then uh, mm-hmm. women are problem-oriented and men are solution-oriented. Where they're like, uh, men are like, yeah, I ain't worried about the problems. I'm not to fix them. You know, think about it, you know. Um, so then the next one, I, I don't know if I talked about gatherers, women are gatherers, and men are hunters. I think okay. I stopped right there. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think we stopped right there, too. Okay, great. Just want to make sure I'm checking my list for it. Actually, you know what? Here. We did, we, we like started it, but if you could do a quick, a quick refresh on that one, oh, I think that'd be great. Oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. Uh, by the way, I wasn't sure if I was going to tell you this or not, but I'm just going to tell you. One of the things I had been doing in the past was I had been um, having my checklist, and then I would just talk from my experience rather than, you know, have it written out like I do in a lot of the other parts of my manual, my program. Okay. But uh, over the last weekend, over the last week and a half, I've been intending to write this out so that, um, one, you have it, you know, not you, just you, but anybody, uh, but also so that at some point I'm going to turn this into a digital product, not this particular recording, but uh, I'm going to sit down and, like, and, and read it um, in a way that, um, you know, takes care of people. Because, I, you know, if I'm talking to you, I will address your concerns, but you may not have the concerns somebody else might. So I'm writing this out so I can address pretty much everybody's concerns about this. And then, um, so so by doing this with me, you're um, helping me uh, upgrade my program. So it's one. Oh, that. great! Oh, good! Oh, fabulous! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So by by the way, uh, the other part. Of, so that's the good part. The bad part about this is, it's a lot of reading for you when you read it. Is <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how many pages this is, but this is a lot of reading here. So um, uh, yeah. So anyhow, okay. So let me just go through this uh, real quick. So. Number six, women are gatherers, men are hunters. 
Um, oh, one other thing I'm going to tell you, because I'm doing this, I might actually say, hold on a second, let me, you know, type this or, or say this a little differently or highlight yeah. it so I can edit it later or something like that. So I have to, I haven't I haven't uh, edited it yet. I just did a raw draft of it. So this time okay. But you know that ahead of time. So, all right, good. All right, so uh, women investigate every little detail in their interactions with the world, meaning in this case, Gain, that gaining resources is so important to them that they need to inspect everything about whatever they want or are going after. Uh, this is another aspect of the safety and security wiring that women have. Like your mindset is that there's no room for mistakes because there cannot be any problems. So I need to triple inspect everything I'm getting, and if need be, get others to help me so everything turns out fine. So in other words, I can't afford anything to be bad because I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle it. <laughs> if it don't go Can right. you say that again? I said, so, that, that last sentence? Yeah, that last sentence is, um, women, y'all, feel like you can't afford for things to go wrong because you don't know if you're going to be able to handle it or survive the thing that goes right. wrong. Okay. So I can totally relate to that. Right. So when you're gathering, when you're shopping, it's like you got to get it right the first time, so you're not willing to make any commitments until you're so overwhelmed that you can't say no to it. It's got to be like, <gasps> like that, or you know, like so much certainty or amazement. That's the only time you're really gonna like commit. Otherwise, you'll be like, eh, let me see, I'm still shopping because <laughs> you don't want to have you want to buy remorse. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, anything, if there's anything awful you want to add to that, feel free. And you know, but I, I got the guy side pretty much covered. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so there's another aspect to this gatherers thing is that women love choices and choosing. Like shopping could sometimes be cathartic, right? Mm. That I could. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you. And I'm not even a big jobber. I usually hate it, but I get where you're. Yeah. There's times where it's mm. uh, like therapeutic. When a woman gets to choose whatever she wants, she's very, very happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. That's like the whole retail industry is geared, right, because women are so often the decision makers, so it's so geared toward a bajillion choices. Yeah, they say that, uh, they say in, that um, um, American females uh, are the 10th largest economy in the world. Ah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Women spend money like they lost their mind. <laughs> wow. This is, this is above countries. Never mind industries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Wow. Okay, right. got it. Yeah. Uh, so this shows up as fun, self-expression, and to some degree freedom. But the thought in the background is that she can't make any mistakes because if she buys the wrong thing, something doesn't work out, doesn't look good, experiences buy remorse or a hundred other unexpected and undesired circumstances, she doesn't want to even have to think about it. Must just do something about it. So she has to get it right the first time. <laughs> I ain't going back there. If I have to, I will, but I don't want to. Right? Yeah. Um, but, it took so long the first time. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, men don't, do, don't, men don't think like that. They can be just as exacting but not for the same reason or the same way. Men go out to get the job done. They hunt. They bring back the kill. 
they accomplish their one and only goal, whatever that is. They're so focused, they don't even have much to say while hunting because they don't want to get distracted since to them being unable to focus is looked upon as a weakness for many men. Men that last you looking but for many men? Yeah, for many men being able being unable to focus is looked upon as a weakness. Ah, uh, okay. Hey, you can't focus now, what's wrong with you? Men men need to be able to hold the fort down, bring home the deer or the buffalo, <laughs> and make sure the woman has everything she needs to be happy and do what she wants to do. He can't do that being distracted and making mistakes, so he stays mentally locked in until he accomplishes his goal. After all, he's got to be successful in every area of his life, just as women need to feel safe and secure in every aspect of their life. Men can walk past their favorite suits when they go into a store to purchase shoes. <laughs> they can ignore the milk section on the way to the meat section, then go mm-hmm. home, and, and then remember they forgot the milk. <laughs> <laughs> Tip, if you send him to the store, make sure he has a cell phone, or it might turn out not well for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, men are locked in, and, uh, uh, and they're locked in this, is is because they hunt and they're hunting for results. So they can't get distracted by anything that may not produce a result. They just they just mm. can't do it. It's mm. like it, them. It's like irresponsible. So, mm. um, all right. Somebody sending me some text. I don't know what that was. All right. Um, next, going into um, was that was that pretty clear or yeah? If anything I'm saying doesn't resonate, let me know. It's, like, really important because this is, like, informative, not like the Bible, you know? Sure. Actually, let me – hold on. I said, I said yes too quick. So so the last piece there, so the hunters gather. So what I got there was for women, uh, women, jo- women enjoy choices, and uh, women are all about getting it right the first time. might take a little time, but, like, getting it right the first time but from the whole gathering thing, like gather enough, gather the right amount for the right, you know, like that. And then men as hunters, it's like this um, single focus is what I, uh, is what I heard. So if they're supposed to pick up milk and meat, I'm not sure I was totally tracking there. Was it like, okay, they, they're just so focused on the milk, they'll they'll forget the meat, or, or well, like they thing about walking past their favorite suit. I, I'm not sure I got that. Okay, totally, totally got that. So, a man is out to accomplish stuff, so he will need a checklist. So, if a man has his checklist in a supermarket, he will, um, depending on the guy. Cause some guys are a little flexible, but it's not like. You know, it's not that far from what I'm going to say for every single man. Some men are a little bit more flexible than others. But how what would happen is a guy would have look on his checklist, milk. He walked past the meat section to go get the milk, and then once the checklist was on the milk, then he looks at his list again and says, "Okay, meat," and then he'll go back to the meat section. Mm, <laughs> and okay. then once he checks off meat, okay, what's the next thing I got to deal with? All right, bread. So he walked past he walked past the, the juice and the, and the cheese and the butter. To get you know the bread, got it. Now, okay, like, like that's how they'll do it. 
So it's not like they necessarily will forget. They'll just be like, I'm doing one thing at a time because I want to make sure I do this one thing right. Got it. Okay. Right, and that, that's in all walks of life. And except for one area, there's one area where men don't do that, and that's in dating. Matter of fact, when dating, women and men switch roles. Men become the gatherers, and women become the hunters. <laughs> Why is that? Why is that? Yeah. Um, because uh, women want safety and security, and so they want a guy. They want to make sure he's reliable. They can count on him. He'll take care of them and all of that stuff. So they ain't playing the field. Women don't. There's some women that play the field, okay? But that's because they don't feel safe enough to be able to trust and, rel- and get the right guy. And so they'll play the field so they can feel safe and secure uh, because they're not committed to anything and, and going to get their heart broken. Other than that, women are like, no, no, you got to commit to me, and I don't want to give you no sex until I know that you're going to be around and all of this, you know, conditional stuff going on. In the meantime, men are like, oh, there's all these good places out here. Let me experiment here. Let me look around here. So when it comes to relationships, men, when it comes to dating, men become shoppers. Women become hunters. It pisses women off that men start acting like women around the dating area when there are men everywhere else. It's funny, but it's exactly how it goes 90% of the time. Interesting. Yeah, what's interesting is that um, I believe, I'm not sure, I don't have any you know empirical evidence on this, but men realize how important it is to commit and how much they're um, responsible for how things go once they're committed. Like if a man says, I do, and he gets married, he thought about all the things that can go wrong before he said yes. Mm-hmm. Like like divorce. Like if I had to get divorced, if, if, if this didn't work, can I handle the divorce? If this doesn't work, can I handle child support? Can I handle you know, whatever else that's going to go on around it. Can I handle the emotional abuse that's going to happen when she's not happy with me? He starts thinking about all of that stuff before he says, I do. I love you more than I hate that other stuff. It's really part of what he's saying when you marry me. Because men are, are extremely clear about what forever means. It's almost as if for women... It's almost like you can't lose when you get a guy that's going to provide safety and security for you because now you feel safe and secure. You got a guy got your back. But for guys, we're not we're not sure you're actually going to be a good mate because we're not sure you're going to be nice to us, take care of us, make us feel safe and secure emotionally. We're not sure you're going to do that because we don't even understand you, and you don't mm-hmm. seem to care about our feelings anywhere near as much as you want us to care about yours. That's generally speaking men's experience. Men mm-hmm. don't trust that women are going to take care of us emotionally because we don't know how you're going to feel for one second to the next, and you're not taking responsibility for that, not you. But women don't take responsibility for their emotional outbursts, for their temper tantrums, for their switching of moods, and men are supposed to deal with that, supposed to be able to handle that. And so men be like, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I like the sex and everything, but you want me to do what? You sure? So generally speaking, men only ask a woman to marry him who's already been acting like his wife. Who's you know, already no, been asking, like, acting like his wife? Yes. He's seen how she's going to be as his wife in most cases. The guy can mm-hmm. say, what's the matter? She's already been treating him like he would want his wife to treat him. Mm-hmm. So unless that happens, he's going to be a little hesitant because he can't, you know, 
he can't commit to somebody that's not committed to him. Mm-hmm. A lot of times a guy will feel like he is a resource. He is a tool. He's replaceable because she's, you know, looking for safety, security, money, whatever, affection, all that stuff. But what about him? You know, women could focus on their children and look at their children individually, but not necessarily looking at men individually. One of our pet peeves, we don't say it to women, is, you know, when you look at, you know, on the top of the wedding cake, all the guys look the same. Women have the different dresses and all of this stuff. But women, guys all look the same. It makes us mm. feel like we're all the same to y'all. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, this is why this program is so important so that you can get that out of the way so you guys can see who guys are. And when you make a choice, you're choosing him, not the idea of him. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, and so men, you know, when I talked about all the ways that men are listened, you know, in the list that you rearrange for yourself, you know, that's why men hunt. <laughs> I mean, that's why men shock when it comes to dating and relationships. Mm-hmm. Because they can't tell which way y'all are looking at them, and they, don't, they know that you ain't going to tell them. So they got to, you know, shop around, you know, a matter of fact, the Smokey Robinson and the Miracles had this song shop around in the 60s. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but, you know, just because you become a young man now, there's some things that you don't understand now. My mama told me you better shop around. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was in the 60s because, you know, she'll say all of this stuff, but then again, once you get, she gets married, oh, I got you now. If you meet me, I'm going to divorce you. So you better do what I say. Nah, man, guys don't want to do that. So that's why they shop. They don't trust y'all when it comes to the relationship, like the serious part. Yeah. Now you got what you got. I'm like, I'm probably screwed, so I don't know. And so that's how guys act. And that's why they shop instead of on. So now you understand. Yep. This, this is like super critical, actually, because when guys be like, ah, I don't want to talk, so I'm not going to call her no more, or they don't call, they don't want to say, I don't want to call you. You know why they don't call you to tell you that they don't want to call you? Because they don't want to deal with your upset, your anger, your begging, or whatever else way you do that's like completely emotionally uncomfortable. So since most men know that they can't tell women what they really feel if a woman doesn't like it or agree with it, if she don't like it or agree with it, she'll try to make him do something else, go in a different direction, change his mind. Don't give me that stuff. And so guys realize, I can't tell you the truth. I ain't saying nothing. Oh, I'm going to lie to you. And so they protect themselves that way. They don't want to, but, you know, and I'm not saying all guys would do that. But the brave guys, you know, kind of like me. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. one of my assets as a player, by the way. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. You don't like it. So that was, uh, that's how I handle it. And that's how women, I believe, really want, but most guys don't know that because their mother didn't tell them that's how they should be when they grow up with women. I hope you got how heavy what I just said was. Uh, can you say it one more time just to make sure? Yes. Most guys, women would love it when a guy would say what he's, what he's saying regardless of how she feels. So that, you know, for that's, that's authenticity, that's courage, and mm-hmm. um, 
you know, and it's respect. It's strength. And I know that was one of my assets as a player. Like, I say what I want to say. Deal with it. Mm. You know? um, but most guys don't know to do that because they can't do that to their mother. Mm. And so their mother, trains them, their mother trains them to be nice to women. And so the guys that didn't learn how to be courageous and say what's on their mind will start to say less or lie or hide out or just disappear because they can't handle the emotional expressions that women are going to have when they don't agree with what he's saying. So guys disappear because they're like, oh, man, I can't tell her. I think I told you I broke up with a woman and she kicked me seven times sitting in front of my house. It's crazy, right? But she did it. Matter of fact, she's actually reached out to me lately. She sees me up on, on Google and Facebook, and now she's like, when are you my friend again? Uh, yeah. All right. Anyhow, that's besides the point. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, like, I didn't know I was going to go that in, in, in the hunters and gatherers part. But, um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, it, 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 everything that happens is, is some version of men needing to feel successful and be successful and some version of women needing to feel safe and needing to feel secure. So this is, you know, a big deal about that. So um, uh, there you go. Anything else? Uh, no. Nope. Nope. What are you getting out of what I, what I just shared? I mean, that was that was a whole lot of stuff. I, I went in the directions I didn't know I was going to go in. Yeah, they, um, oh, my gosh, the whole mom thing makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense. Um, the whole, you know, being raised to be nice, to be polite, to be considerate, to um, take care of women and, you know, address their needs. And, um, and then when it doesn't work for them to not, be able to express that, or even before it doesn't, right? Just, just, just being able to express themselves. Um, I did someone once where they, we did it for like five months, and I just remember talking to him about his mom and like as close as he was with his mom, and as much as he saw her and talked to her, and blah, blah, blah. like the the already always listening, you know, of his mom was that she was a pain in the ass, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, in his speaking, I could, you know, I could hear that. And then I was like, oh. and then so I had this experience like it would get, that would get projected onto me and get projected onto us having a long-term relationship. But you, you cup, but, but what I'm hearing newly is like, yeah, someone could seem like a pain in the ass if you don't get to like express yourself and you know you just have to do the nice polite thing and like at at the sacrifice or suppression of your own self-expression I'm not saying that was all there with his mom but that that um, is how um, is how it could show up in relationships yeah and that's a critical reason why men have to be dads need to be around Kids almost need their dad more than they need their, their mom, almost. Because, one, they get a chance to, to think independently because they see two grown-ups that they both love, and they see one smarter than the other in this situation and one knows better in that situation. They get a chance to, to see what's really going on rather than just be told to follow what I'm saying because I'm your parent. 
you know, um, mm-hmm. um, and then and then there's the perspective called, you know, understanding what it means to be uh, to create safety, the need safety and security, and, and go about working it and, and, and inside of it. And then you know, there's the other side called just how you be successful. So mm-hmm. you got mom, mom's teaching them, you know, how to protect themselves, and then dad's teaching them how to how to how to win. And the combination works when you get them both balanced equally. But if you don't get them both balanced, then you miss the other whole part. You know, mm-hmm. we in wisdom, right? So we talk about the different stages of development in young folks. Without without a father around, man, it's it's rough. I'm not saying you can't survive it because humans obviously have, but man, it's an unnecessary evil. You know, <laughs> like for real. So. And by the way, I have a, I'm making a recommendation. This is just a suggestion. It is not mandatory. You're actually the first woman I've ever suggested get this book I'm about to tell you. Um, the name of the book is called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Okay. I can't even remember the guy's name anymore, the author's name, but it's a freaking awesome book. And the reason why I'm suggesting that you get it is because it's about how men need to learn how to stop being mama's boys. And since you had talked about mama's boys more than yeah. two sentences. I'm like, that'll help you understand men and understand the impact mothers have on sons. Heck, it might even help you when you once you have kids, because I'm gonna assert you still want to have kids. Is that accurate or not necessarily? Just curious. Mm. Kids mm-hmm. interested in having any? What's that? I say kids, you interested in having any or not really or you know, Yeah. Oh, I, oh okay. I I uh absolutely want to have kids. Okay. okay, great. So this will help you raise them because you'll understand, you know, the thought process behind different actions that happen that affect boys in particular. Um, but, you know, you'll also get, just by contrast, what it would be like raising girls too. So, um, but, yeah, so, yeah, no more Mr. Nice Guy. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's an awesome book. I read it a bunch of years ago. And uh, men who, who read that book, they're, like, transformed. They are. They get, them, they get their balls back. They get their balls back. They get their balls back, yes, they do. <laughs> their mommy takes them away, and then they got to snatch it back, you know? Uh, yeah. Fortunately, my mother never okay. actually took mine. My mother never took mine away. God bless her. All right, anyhow, number seven. <laughs> All the time to get to number seven. Number seven, women are indirect, men are direct. That makes sense, right? In communication? Yeah, but communication is more than just talking. <laughs> Body language is communication. <laughs> mm. Facial expressions are communication. Actions are communication. If you just think about wisdom with the with structural language and immediate language, it's all communication. Mm. Now, women are indirect in, in all those areas, in all those ways. Immediate action, immediate um, uh, uh, you know, immediate expression, immediate language. I should say, you know, y'all hold back. And I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, just let me just read this, okay? <laughs> and then we'll talk about it. Women want to care about women want people to care about them so much that they don't have to say anything, and they're fully understood. Let me say. Oh, wait, women, women, sorry, women, women. want people women to care about them so much. Right. Want people to care about them so much that those that they themselves don't have to say anything, and they're completely fully understood by them. Oh, right. That's the mind reading thing. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
they don't normally want to commit to anything unless they're almost 100% sure that what they want is available to them freely. They don't want to say, I like red, only to hear the person they're counting on to say, I hate red, because they'll be left on their own. And it's unsafe and insecure. Especially when it comes to dealing with men or women indirect. <laughs> In fact, about the only things women become clear, close to being direct about is when they're scared and want their man to make them feel safe and secure. They'll complain about what's wrong, why, and how much. They'll complain about how much he's asleep at the wheel. They'll complain about how, excuse me, they'll complain about what he needs to do about it and why isn't he doing anything about it. Unfortunately, the only thing they're not saying is that they're scared that the world will crumble and they'll be out on the street and they're scared to pieces about how things will turn out. Instead, they'll say, I'm not happy. <laughs> because men are direct. They think women are really telling them the direct truth. She's not happy. <laughs> it's like, but you say you're not happy. Yeah, I know I said that, but. <laughs> yeah. So they work on making women happy instead of making women feel safe and secure and wonder why they keep getting deeper and deeper in trouble. Okay. Men think women speak directly. Because they speak directly. Men mm. mostly say what they mean and mean what they say, but they stop doing that when they discover that their woman doesn't like or want to hear the truth because it hurts their feelings somehow. If that happens, mm. he'll soon begin to either withhold or lie, followed by silence, followed by him leaving the relationship. Men know they don't understand women, and women hate that they don't understand um women, but they don't make women wrong for that. They just accept that and keep things moving. It doesn't bother us we don't understand you. I mean, we want to understand you, but we're like, okay, we don't understand. All right, fine. What what can we do next? So a guy will walk away and be like, all right, I don't know what to do here, so let me go find something I can win at. <laughs> so the, the, the least he's going to do is go in his man cave and play some video games or watch TV or something, you know, mm. type or something. Because at least he can win at that. Nobody's going to stop him from winning at that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but women, it bothers the crap out of women that men don't understand women. Like, can't you just, like, relax? No, because I won't feel safe and secure otherwise. I won't be safe and secure otherwise. So, you know, that's that, right? So, okay. um, yeah. actually, women love that men are direct because they can relax with a man who's directing his love and commitment to her. Women love it when he speaks his mind so she can decide to commit to him and what he's up to. Women love it when he goes out in the world and gets what he wants because she knows he'll be bringing it home to her. Mm. Women, women love it when he speaks his mind so she can stop wondering what's he really thinking. He was thinking what he said to her, but that was too easy for her. He must have meant more than that or something in addition to that, or he's playing a game, or a thousand other things that goes in her mind that makes her overthink and overanalyze. The moment that a woman can truly accept that men say what they mean and mean what they say, she'll begin to relax and enjoy her relationship with, with, with him and mm -hmm. won't drive themselves crazy trying to ignore him, uh, excuse me, trying to figure him out. Um, and the moment men can accept that women cannot feel completely safe and secure until 
they're clear he means what he says? That's a long sentence. I'm going to read it again. Um, and it's his responsibility to make sure he's clear. He's likely to have some communication challenges that get all over the relationship in ways neither of them will be happy about. So let me read that again because that was, that was a little hard for me to read and I, I you know, wrote it. <laughs> mm. The moment that a woman can truly accept that a man says what that men say what they mean and mean what they say, she'll be able to begin to relax and enjoy her relationship with, with that man. And she won't drive herself crazy trying to figure him out. And the moment that men can accept that women cannot feel completely safe and secure until they're clear he means what he says, and he's clear that it's his responsibility to make sure that she's clear, mm. he'll, li- he'll likely have to have some communication challenges that'll get all over their relationship. Because he'll be talking, and she won't be believing it. And he'll be talking, and he won't be understanding it. And he won't know it. He won't be understanding it because he's thinking he's thinking a word that pays value. Women are indirect, and men are direct. <laughs> Bottom line, that's the way to create a wire. Okay, you got to say something. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just because they got it. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, women are indirect and men are direct. That's the word creates wireless, and the more you resist it, the more your pain will persist. The more you accept it, the more you'll actually love that. So what happens is um, men um, are direct, and men expect women to be direct. It's not even that expected women to be direct. They don't even understand that women are indirect. It, it, it occurs as, huh? That's what she said. So um, when a man could understand that a woman is being indirect, fortunately, like myself and very few others, we could actually sit still and listen until you finally get to the to where you need to be at or, or look at, okay, what is she not feeling safe and secure about? Because listening to a woman's complaints is telling us what you're really committed to. So if I understand, for example, if I'm with you and I understand that, you know, you have to make a complaint and I understand your whole life is about feeling safe and secure, you can complain all you want. You ain't even got to say, I don't feel safe and this is making me feel insecure. Because I already know that's what's coming, where you're coming from anyhow. That's the context or the words that are coming out of your mouth when you're complaining. So I'll just handle the complaint. You know, I tell guys when, they, when they're uh, when talking to them about women is you got to play the game called take away, now what? Take away, now what? Did I tell you this one before? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Take away now what? That means if she's got something to say, take it away, and you smile at her and say, okay, anything else? Now what? <laughs> and you keep doing that until there's nothing left. And there'll always be something, but you'll be able to come constantly, he'll be able to constantly clean the space on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Like even if you, you know, you clean, you brush your teeth, right? The next morning you got to brush your teeth again, right? You know, you clean the table, the next day you got to clean the table, you know, you Sweep the floors. You don't even walk on the floors. God will send dust to the floor. You got to clean it, right? So you always got mm-hmm. something going on, right? Um, I actually never said that before. Yeah, God sends dust to the floor, and I never said that before. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you still, you know, you're never going to be able to take away all the problems all the time, permanent. You know, um, unless you obsolete something, and that doesn't happen very often either. No, so, but if a guy's thinking about obsoleting something, now he's got a chance to, like, 
and permanently ending a problem. So let me tell you what I mean by that. I used to sell electronics. I used to sell audio systems. I, used to, I remember what we were saying. I had, we had reel-to-reel tape, and then it came out with cassette. That's when I started actually selling um, uh, electronics is when 1980, 81, um, they had 8-track tapes. I remember walking around with a boombox as a teenager with 8-track tapes sticking out inside of it. Remember that, listening to Eddie Kendricks and that stuff. And then uh, when I started selling electronics in the village, down the street from Crazy Eddie, where Crazy Eddie was, we went from 8-track tapes and reel-to-reel to cassette decks. That was like a big deal. <laughs> and then um, at some point, we stopped using turntables. I, I was When I was there, we were still using turntables. But when turntables got replaced with MP3s and DVDs, yep. the, the problems with, with turntables wobbling, not maintaining the speed, you know, uh, they, they had terms like wild and flutter and stuff like that. You were able to eliminate all the vibrational sounds and, and, and quali- sound quality issues by obsoleting the turntable by making the CDs and DVDs. And so, you know, if a guy, and that's how our life has been. You know, we obsoleted the horse and buggy by just creating a car, you know. So unless a guy learns and understands the concept of obsoleting something, he'll just keep solving the same problem over and over again. Mm. But if he thinks about, i got to solve this problem because, you know, then she could be happy, then he could play a game called Takeaway, now what? And uh, if I were you, I would teach a guy how to do that without telling him that's what you're teaching him. Mm. And I'll figure out how to tell you because it's just, it's just the first time I ever said that either. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyhow, so that's that. So now, next. Anything else about that? Move on. No, I'm good to go. Okay, and I'm so glad this is being recorded because, <sighs> man, <laughs> you just know yeah, what you're There's a lot here. This is, I mean, yeah. this is this is a lot of new openings for me. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Shifting, shifting my thinking. Gotcha. All right, cool. So um, the next one is um, women are givers, men are takers. Men take. Um, the fact that women are givers and men are takers is interesting because uh, uh, it's interesting what each of them think about uh, that, that makes them operate in specific ways. So mm. let, me, let me be more specific. Uh, women give in order to get. Get protection, intimacy, safety, and security. Relationships, all of that. Men take as an aspect of their desire to be successful. The more successful they are at taking, the more they have to do, uh, the more they have to do with as they please. What men do is take in order to either have or to give. When women give, they're often... Sorry, just those last few words again about the men. Yes. What men do is take in order to either have, keep, or give. Ah, and to have. They take in order to have it, keep something, or give something. Okay. Yeah, they, they they take to collect and store resources as they see fit to use. Ah, okay. Right, so um, to the people that they're, that's, that's most important to them, they're taking to be of service to the folks that is most important to them. So they'll take a deer out of a herd of deer to bring back 
to their family to eat. But they have to really go take it in order for them to be able to give it. Yeah, that's the first place I went was I was like, is this linked with being a hunter? Yes, it's linked with being a hunter. It is. But it's also linked with how we interact with y'all. Y'all love it when we take y'all. Oh, he wanted me so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember um, I was dating a woman that used to be on staff, and we would leave Landmark, holding hands. Everybody knew we were dating. And we were holding hands, and we would walk, you know, on 33rd Street to the path train because we both lived in Jersey City. And we would walk past Ranger Games at night because, you know, Angels is coming out nine thirty, ten o'clock, whatever. And I would hold her hand and pull her through the crowds because I hated stupid people standing in the way while I'm trying to get somewhere. Why are you standing in the way? Get out of my way. So I would, you know, walk aggressively, would not have a smile on my face. And, you know, she had the experience of being pulled. I did not know that until she told me sometime later, like a few incidences later. And she said, you know, you'd be like, scaring people when you walk through the crowd. <laughs> what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you, you know, you're pulling me, you're bumping across the people and, and making them move out of your way. And, you know, once in a while, somebody will be looking at you all funny and, uh, and I'd look at them and shrug my shoulders like, oh, I don't know what she's going with. And, but she also was saying that she loved that I could do that. Mm. Yeah. Was, yeah, I totally get that. Right. He's, I was taking the land Taking her with me, she loved it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she yeah. told me. Because right? it was safety and security. Right. Yeah, so when men take, they take because they're out to be successful. And when whatever man is doing anything that's, that's out to have them be successful, that's your access to safety and security. That's mm-hmm. how he provides it. By taking, by doing, by her. I mean, the crap was like, ah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So she was, like, loving it. You know, she was hot anyhow. I mean, you know, she, she ain't like going no time without no sex. So that was, that just, but that just made it more fun for her. Mm. That just amplified it. I think, I think we, when I took her home, there's a lot of times we ended up doing something, you know, that night because of that. I, I think because of that, but I never put two and two together, but, yeah, she, <laughs> she, loved, she, she loved that. Yeah. It, it's too late now. It's, the distance this, this is too far apart. I can't put it together now, but I'm wondering. I wonder. Um, yeah, so um, so um, but y'all do y'all go about it a little differently. We take because we want we want to have so we can do what we want to do with it. Um, you know, but y'all y'all give for different reasons. Um, when women give, they're often wondering if they'll be okay after they do it, unless they trust the people they're giving to, in which case they're happy to give. But they also give for pure love, generosity, self-expression, and even just because. However, generally speaking, women give in order to create a relationship of you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. Because they need to know there will be someone to help them if the situation calls for it. They have no mate. They have no resources. They have health issues. The list goes on and on. Often in the back of the mind of women when they're giving is, what's this got to do with me? They're giving the strategic. They're protecting their assets and livelihood. Men, on the other hand, don't think that far. <laughs> Men want what they want and either go get it, talk someone into giving it, getting it for them, talk someone into um, uh, getting it for them, 
or hire someone to do it or get it for them. For men, taking is in the realm of hunting, like you said. They have to bring home what they set out to do or else they fail, and failure is not an option. Uh, I'm going to assert that that was pretty clear. Or oh, you got anything yeah. else you want? Yeah. 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 Right. Number nine. Women are enchanters, enchantresses. Men are protectors. We all enchant, we protect. This is in the realm of influence and relationship building. Men have their sights on who needs to be taken care of when in a relationship because they know they can take care of themselves even if they have to wait until everyone else is taken care of because. They'll never ignore themselves completely. Men are not wired that way. If a man needs to sleep, he's going to sleep. If he needs to eat, relax, whatever, he's doing it because he knows he needs to be ready to do whatever he needs to do to take care of things and do it successfully. Men just don't handle their business because they need to handle their business so they can handle everybody else's business. Plus, we don't know how to not handle our own business, not really, unless there's something like a man who doesn't understand business can't handle business because he doesn't understand it. It's not because he don't want to or he would not normally do that if he knew how. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless a man is mentally ill, uh, he, he, there's always so much he's willing to or going to allow himself to just drop off. You know what I mean? So anyhow, women want to make to drop, sure. To drop off like needing to not take care of himself? Yeah, yeah. Drop off <laughs> meaning um is it isn't like a, 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 somehow it's atrophy, you know? Like when people have um, what's that disease? Uh, what is Alzheimer's? They will like, neglect themselves because they don't even know they're neglecting themselves. Yeah. Right. Men are not going to do that unless they got some kind of Alzheimer's or something. Yeah. Like yeah. We just, we just ain't capable. Y'all are capable of doing that. Y'all are like. Y'all could be having to go to the bathroom for like two hours, and then, and then all of a sudden, when you're just about to pee, that's when you when you're about to pee on yourself. That's when you go run to the bathroom. But before then, you forgot that you had to go. You're holding it, you forgot, and, you know, right? That that's happened. Probably you know people that's happened to it. It's not happened to you, right? Has that ever happened to you, by the way? Has what happened to me? Have you ever forgot you had to go to the bathroom until you almost peed on yourself? No. Yeah, well, it happens to some women. Thank God it hasn't happened to you. You're smart enough. But it happens to women sometimes. So, or they forget to eat, or they're so tired, they forget to sleep, and then they, you know, they can't wake up in the morning. You know, like they forget to take care of you. all forget to take care of you. So oh, I definitely burned myself out. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to cut you off, Jen. No, so, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking for your feedback because I'm not talking to a vacuum. It's important that you put in. You know, it's good. Yeah, the, uh, um, I, I, I burned myself out at, like, say through work for example um so just kind of did too much took on too much didn't take care of myself enough and i mean i ended up on a medical leave for three months to you know recharge my body because i I completely depleted my adrenals wow got it well don't do that no more yeah Yeah, so men are protective because we know we got to take care of ourselves in order to take care of you, so we focus on taking care of stuff, right? So doesn't matter. Women want to make sure they're being taken care of and that everything is fine. How they go about it is to do their best to make sure everyone likes and loves them so much that those persons cannot say no to her. They deal with people at the emotional level. 
you know, and that's where the highest form of customer service experiences happen mm-hmm. in the emotional domain. Mm-hmm. Women want to know how you feel and want you to feel whatever way works for you to be irresistible to her, to have you find her irresistible, and therefore have you committed to taking care of her in the ways you best can and she most wants. In, in the context of dating? Uh, in the context of life, period. Mm. Right. Because y'all are not takers, you want everybody to fall in love with you. And this is especially in, in the realm of dating, but this is like overall. Y'all enchant people. Y'all magnetize people. Y'all make people feel so amazingly great about you that they don't want to stop doing anything for you, and now you have some safety and security because you got a resource over there because you made them feel so great they, 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 they feel loyal to you or they feel attracted to you or something. Yeah. And you have the ability to do that. It's one of your gifts. Yay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's go. my people pleaser. Say it again. Uh, it, it, I hear like the whole people pleasing thing. You want everybody to like me. Like, yeah. Yeah. So people pleasing is one level. That's when you're coming from desperation and in, um, in, uh, scarcity. But um, but uh, enchantment is coming from love, uh, commitment, um, uh, making a difference, yep. um, like that. So that, when you do all those things with that context, people are like, oh, my God. You're like a movie star on the screen there, you know. It's like you can't do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. It's like my mojo. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, oh, God, I'm afraid I'm going to get myself in trouble here because I need to be responsible. But let me tell you something. When you looked me in the eye and said, I got you, whatever you said when in, in, uh, in wisdom, yep. Like, yep. I was thinking if this was my girlfriend, I would just hug her and probably drag her into a room and make that with her right then and there. <laughs> but how you looked at me and, like, you, 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 I felt enchanted in that moment, you know? Like, mm. I you know, I could, I feel like I could say it, say it now without, you know, causing any issue. But at the time, it's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, whatever you say, I'm in it, you know. So it was like, it was like a really emotional moment, you know. Um, mm. and, and and a guy would say it, and he would probably have the same effect, but I felt enchanted by it. That's why I'm bringing it up. And if I wouldn't mm-hmm. have this conversation, I wouldn't because I'm the coach here and I'm trying to be responsible here and all that stuff, right? But no, no, this is great. It's actually super helpful. So what? So, so what was it that was enchanting though? Because the first place, the first place I was like, well, is that because it provided like safety and security? But that's listening to it as a woman, so maybe that's not what made it enchanting for you. What had it for me was. Um, I was not a, I couldn't be a, the, I could not be a failure in your eyes for you to say that to me. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. you wouldn't say that if you thought I was a failure or, you know, yeah. sitting on the fence or yeah. like that. Yeah, that's, a, that's uh, totally true. Yep. Yeah, it's like, no, this guy's great. I got to make sure he's okay. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that was oh, that was so a, that was that was a seal of approval from you to me. It wasn't safety and security. It was like you were telling me I was successful, and you was gonna make sure that I stay that way. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's so helpful. Thank you. Yeah, and so that was the that was the sorcerousness of it all. That was the emotional um, alchemy of it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the greatest gifts to man is to listen to greatness out of him, and that's what you did. One of the greatest and, gifts. Now, that is the greatest gift that a woman has for a man, and I'm going to talk about that later on because I want you, okay. to, be I want you to be able to wrap a man around your finger the one you get. Gotcha. <laughs> so, but this is the number one skill, and I'll go into it much deeper later, but and wisdom is going to help because that's one of the things that they talk about is like listening to greatness out of people. But that's the greatest thing that a woman has to give to a man is to, is to okay. see him as great and point out his greatness and help him be more great and listen to his greatness out of him. Mm-hmm. The greatest thing you can do to a man, man, you usually like that. He's like, holy shit, i got to keep this woman around. I'm going to do whatever the fuck she wants. Okay, nothing's stopping me, and I ain't letting her go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is that is the magic formula. Okay. No, that's the number one thing. Okay. Very good. So let me keep going here. Men don't go for the emotional connection. They go for the more practical, tangible angle, protection. This is the world of survival. Wait, what was the last word? Protection. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Men uh, charm women by protecting them. So when I was pulling my girl through the crowd, for her, that was charming. It wasn't charming, but it had the effect of charm because it had the effect of protection because it had the effect of me taking and being strong. Mm-hmm. Down. So for her, that was charm. <laughs> that, was, that was protection. That was like, you know, she don't want to be around no wimpy guy. This guy mm-hmm. doing that, not possible he could be a with. He might mm-hmm. be nice and kind, this guy here, oh man, he, 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 he I trust that he can handle us. That's how she took it, and she told me that's how she took it. Yeah, pictures are amazing, you know. So, um, in the world of surviving and thriving, um, men have no problem working twenty hours a day, six days a week, to provide for their family, woman, and children. They have no problem risking their life if it means you're going to be safe. Men show their love through protection. They also build relationships through protection, which is why men who have been in military battles together will be permanent friends even if they don't speak to each other for 50 years. Those times in the field built their friendship because they protected each other and showed how they'd act in the worst, toughest situations that they could possibly be in. And they know if their friends and themselves acted that way during life and death situations, they'll be trusted to act that way with so much less on the line. Mm. Mm. Yeah, men, men don't need to talk in order to maintain a friendship. I mean, it helps, but it's not necessary. What's necessary is to have the results that they can look back on. Mm. So what works best in relationships is when the woman spends the majority of her time enchanting him while he spends the majority of his time either protecting her or letting or letting her enchant him. <laughs> he experiences the enchantment as acknowledgement of his success at taking care of her, which makes him want to keep protecting her, which makes her get emotionally enchant him, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yep. Okay, good. 
All right. Number 10, women are undisciplined, men are disciplined. <laughs> I hate saying that one. Damn. <laughs> the next one I hate even saying, uh, no, the, the, uh, number uh, 12, I hate even that even more. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's stick with number 10. I hate to say this, but women are not disciplined. They let their feelings get in the way of their commitments. Their multitasking mindset gets, that takes them from one thing to another without completing what they got distracted from. Their hormones go crazy for menstrual cycles, great sex, fearful situations, and a host of other things. Other than saving their child from certain immediate harm, they'll get sidetracked by any of the things I stated. (laughs) (laughs) Men can certainly get distracted and be undisciplined, particularly immature men. But when a man has been trained to be disciplined, there's no way he'll allow himself to be distracted, even (laughs) in the face of death. For example, I'm not sure if there's ever been a woman who was a guard at the front entrance of, of the royal palace of the king and queen of England. You know, those guards, they stand there for eight hours and they're not allowed to so much as scratch an itch. Never mind talk to people who ask the questions. Yeah. You've seen that. They just stand there eight hours. Their job is to stand still, hold that gun, look straight ahead, and that's their job the whole time. Or protect if they have to protect. But other than that, their job is to stand there, to have the law, they have the job. <laughs> Good job is to stand still and stare, holding a gun and a hat. And interestingly enough, they got to wear their hat no matter what the temperature is. I know the hat makes them sweat. (laughs) But that's discipline. That's the height of discipline. I don't know of any women that have ever done that. Forget about the fact that they're not, you know, that they need to be tough enough to be able to do that. But I don't know if they're disciplined enough to be able to stay that way for that long a period of time over over time. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know how long their their, their job is. Four hours, eight hours, twenty minutes. That's a long time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I I can't do it, but I know men can do it. You know? So. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no woman wants to do that, and even if she does, she's in the in the minority of women worldwide for sure. Like, you know, there's a couple of female air pilots, and there's a, there's been you know a couple of uh, astronauts, female astronauts, and you know is you know there's some people that women that go into fields that mostly men are because men can physically handle better than women. But the majority of it, I'm not saying nobody, I'm just saying most of y'all, eh, y'all ain't doing it, and you probably shouldn't even have to. But you don't need to be disciplined. Because you got us around. Women depend on a man's ability to be disciplined for her. This is a large part of his protective skill set. Don't leave the house and farm unguarded. He can't take his eyes off of anything, even if he's asleep, really. In fact, in this case, the man is in charge of the workability of the relationship. What that looks like is he's the last straw where the buck stops. She can do what she wants for as long as she wants, but if he, she can't for any reason, he's back on the case. Uh, this is a concept that I refer to as knowing who's in charge of what and when. Mm. So what that means is he's always in charge, but he better let her run things when she wants to run things or there will be hell to pay. But the minute she gets tired, distracted, bored, or anything else, he's back in charge as the servant of the relationship and of things working for all. So, you know, y'all driving from New York to Florida, and 
you want to drive? Honey, I want to drive. He's supposed to say, okay, honey, and get over in the park, price your seat. And then an hour later, ah, oh, so tired. All right, honey, pull over. And then he takes over. And then if in 15 minutes you say, you don't feel it better, I want to drive again, then he should, if he's smart, let you drive again. And then 20 minutes later, you don't want to drive anymore. He takes the driver's seat again. Because no matter what, he's the one getting there. Even if you didn't want to drive or you wanted to drive the whole way because the buck stops with him. Is that mm. communicate? Got it. Yeah. Man, if you got a guy, he doesn't understand that, he ain't mature, and you might want to, like, you know, either teach him or leave him because you need to be able to know that. And not just yeah. drive. Yeah. You need to be able to understand that in every area of y'all's life. He's in charge of the workability of the relationship. That's what he's built for. He's yeah, I think that's okay. okay. No, good, good. I was going to say that's, I can see that's what, like, like guys get something out of that, right? Guys get something out of, like, the buck stops with me, right? Like, uh, those are, like, successes, right? That this happens yeah. and then that happens and that gets accomplished and this gets accomplished, right? So yep. I can see that that, um, so say when it comes to dating and particularly like, so, you know, I'm 38 and dating. So I've just, I've lived by myself for a while. I've like, I've just done everything myself. So I'm more than happy to share it. I'm more than happy to give someone else responsibility for that kind of stuff. But, um, it, it's like, uh, <sighs> It's um like it takes it, it, it's not it's so easy for me to see where to let him do that or create opportunities for that to happen. So now as I think about you know say these dates and like I can't tell you how many guys are like oh text me when you get home text me when you get home you know let me know you got home safely kind of thing and like there's that initial reactions like why the hell would I do that I don't do it any you know what I mean but then mm. you know the millisecond after that is like oh that's like his way of caring or you know showing that it matters or whatever you know but that's kind of the you know early stages of <laughs> taking the mm. wheel you know yes. so like okay she got home successfully yes. so I, I I don't know if that maybe said but I, it's more just it's not a question it's just more kind of an observation of huh yes. yeah so I can see being you know, independent and just, you know, having to, you know, pay the rent and get the food and do the show, you know, that, that it, it's not, because um, I don't want to hand anything over unless I know it's going to really get done, you know, and that's, that trust mm-hmm. is there. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. So um, there's a term that I use. I have plenty of terms. I got a whole book of context. <laughs> but I want to share one of them, which is receiving is giving to the giver. This, wait, receiving is giving to the giver? Yes. Okay. When you receive something that somebody gives you and you receive it with love and appreciation, how do they feel? Yeah. Yeah, I feel great. That's all they did it. They want to do it again. Exactly. Men are the givers. 
in this case. So if they've given you their time, their attention, their desire of making you feel better, greater, whatever, and you don't receive it, it's like you don't receive them. Mm, okay. Especially the first couple of times. So I have a personal philosophy I'll just share with you, which is if somebody offers me something the first time, unless I hate it, I can't handle it, like it's like a no, get that away from me, it's poison ivy, I'll take it. Mm. Not because I want to take it, but because I want them to, um, good morning, um, I want them to um, know that I, if I say no, it's not to them, it's to what they're offering. So I won't mm. say no to them because I want them to know that I'm accepting them because they're intuitionally and subconsciously offering you them to, so that you get to see how they feel about you and how they respect you and how they want to contribute to you. So when somebody gives you something the first once or two, one or two times, it's because they're giving you a piece of them, not the thing that they're giving you. Mm. Now, if you accept from you accept them, so you accept their generosity the first time or the second time, and then you say no, they know you're not saying no to them. You're saying no to their choice that they're giving you, and then they mm. accept. But the first time, they have it blended you and them at the same time. Mm. You know, them and their offering at the same time. So you've got to receive it if you want to keep them around, even if you're not really all that interested. It's just, oh, it was nice. Thank you. Thank you. Not thank you for it. Mm. Receiving is giving to the giver. Okay. I'm going to give you another one around this, too, because I uh, see that this will help you, too, is that, um, um, what was I going to say here? Um, uh, dang, I just had it, just went away. It's, it's big and it's important, too. Uh, oh, oh, you know, a lot of times, you know, strong, independent women, you know, they still have the, t- the tendency to multitask, but they're not as good at multitasking as they could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they're not as good at multitasking as they possibly could be is because they um, don't know how to use other people to get things done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so if you've got a guy that, that wants to do something for you and you could do it as good as or better than he could, but not like that so much better that he's a, he's a pig at it, like he's a mess at it, let him do it. He'd be happy yeah. that he did something and then you could do something else. And enhance your capacity to multitask. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, you know, be independent all you want, but, you know, don't, you don't have to be so independent around a guy. Handle your ground, be self expressed, but at the same time, let the other man get a break. <laughs> Give him a chance to win. Listen, the teacher can get an apple from the school, from the store. Listen, you know, the five year old, six year old comes in with an apple. She's going to, I don't need an apple, I can get my own. No, she takes the apple. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So when guys are bringing you their version of apple called, you know, I'll drive you home or whatever, take the apple if you care about them and you want to build a relationship with them. Yeah. Okay. All right? All right, great. Uh, so I'll finish this, uh, this, this little paragraph here. Um, oh, the rest of this. Okay. So when a man understands that he's the one in charge, 
and this woman sees him operating in this way, she feels extremely safe and secure because he may not be able to handle every single thing that can go wrong. But if he doesn't even know what's going on, if he doesn't even have his eyes on the ball, he's not a protector in her eyes, which means he's actually not a source of safety at all, which means she's not safe at all, which means big trouble. <laughs> wait, wait. What happened that let me, let me say he doesn't feel safe? Okay. When a man understands that he's who's in charge of what and when, he understands that concept, and this woman sees him operating that way, she feels extremely safe and secure because, yeah, he may not be able to handle every single thing that can go wrong. And what I mean by that is he may not be able to stop a bank robber from, from yeah. you know, yeah. everybody, right? He might not be able to stop a tsunami. He may not be able to stop the police from coming in and, and like that. She understands he can't handle everything. Right? But she understands he's handling everything he can. He's totally committed and going to give his best, right? Then, you know, she, um, you know, knowing he can't handle everything, every single thing that can go wrong, but if he doesn't even know what's going on, if he doesn't even have his eyes on the ball, if he's, he's not a protector in her eyes, mm-hmm. which means he's not a source of safety and security at all. Yeah. which means she's not safe or secure at all, which means big trouble. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Make sense now? Yep. Okay, great. So when he maintains the necessary level of discipline needed, take care of her and keep her feeling safe because of it? So in other words, if he maintains uh, his discipline in order to be the one who's in charge of what and when, like, you can, you can be in charge whenever you feel like it, and then, you, you know, when you don't want no more, he's in charge. When he understands that, he understands the level of, of, of discipline needed to take care of that, take care of her, and keep her feeling safe because of it. And she feels as safe as she wants to feel. He'll feel successful in taking care of her. Mm-hmm. Both parties get what they want and are happy about it. Which is why people. Saying something? No, no. Which is why people. Oh, which is why. Um, where am I at here? Uh, which is why people want to be in romantic relationships in the first place. Let me say that again. <laughs> when he maintains the necessary, when he maintains the necessary level of discipline needed to take care of her and keep her feeling safe because of that, and she feels as safe as she wants to feel. He'll feel successful in taking care of her. Both parties get what they want, which is she gets to feel safe, he gets to feel successful, and they're both happy about it. Yeah. Which, which is why people want to be in relationships, in romantic relationships in the first place. Yeah. It, her lack of discipline is his opportunity to take care of her because if she didn't need his gifts, why are they even, what are they even doing together in the first place? So, your lack of discipline, you, you're fairly disciplined, but, you know, I don't see you standing in front of the Royal Palace for eight hours for the next three years, you know. So, <laughs> I got to have it, right? So a man's discipline, which men pride themselves on being disciplined, by the way, even the immature ones, like, you ain't going to beat me. So they're disciplined enough to make sure they stay there. Even if they're scared they might get shot, they're still going to hold on to what they're doing. That's to men, 
that are immature, they consider that being disciplined. Right? So um, when you allow a man to, to express his, his um, want, need and desire to protect you and acknowledge his discipline for staying on the job for years on end, because that's really what he's doing, ever vigilant, then you get a chance to feel safe and secure. He gets a chance to feel successful. Mm. This is what y'all, we all, we both want. Everybody uh, wins. Yes, yeah, everybody wins. Okay, so I don't know what time you have, but I'm going to go to 9:45, which means I'm going to be able to do at least two more. Okay, fantastic. Can I? Um, can we just take like a, a one minute break? Sure. There's a lot to go. Yeah, I'm just going to um, go on mute first for like a minute. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks. So um, while I'm on mute, I'm going to tell this quick joke. So when you listen to this recording, you can laugh. And I'm not going to tell you that you, I told the joke uh, until you listen to the recording and you get it yourself. So um, uh, it's, uh, it's people are you know, going into heaven, at least trying to get in heaven. And uh, so they stand up online and they meet St. Peter and, uh, they tell St. Peter what their life is about. They say, hey, uh, St. Peter says, uh, what's your name? He says, um, first guy says, uh, my name is uh, uh, Father uh, Martin O'Malley. Uh, I was a uh, Catholic priest. And, um, uh, and St. Peter says, uh, okay, uh, yeah, looks in the book, says, yes, you are. And he gives him a, uh, gold, uh, a wooden staff and a cotton robe and says, you may enter into the kingdom of heaven, my son. And then... Uh, he sees um, uh, the next guy comes behind him and says, hey, what's your name? My name is Jose Lopez. I was a cab driver. Uh, he says, okay, great. He looks in there and he says, uh, um, he gives him a golden staff and a silk robe and says, you may enter the kingdom of heaven, my son. And then so Father O'Malley turns back around and says, hey, what happened? Uh, why didn't you give him gold and you give him me wood? What's up with that? He says, oh, I understand. See, you know, and, and, um, I was a priest. You know, he says, so um, in, in, in heaven, I'm telling a joke. You can't interrupt it. So in heaven, um, we uh, reward based on merit. See, when you was preaching, people would fall asleep, but when he was driving, people were praying. And so there's your joke. Wait, so when, wait, Ella, I just missed the question. When, when you were preaching, people were falling asleep, but when he was preaching, people were praying? No, when he was driving his taxi. Oh. People were praying. <laughs> people were praying. Oh, my God, yeah, so you'll hear the whole. I wanted you. To, I wanted to tell a joke while you were on on mute, so that when you listen to this, you didn't hear any silence. So I was trying to say it as quick as I could, but I wanted to leave you with a joke. And kill, and oh my gosh, you're so cute! Oh my gosh, it comes up with silence. <laughs> so I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the joke in full, but you didn't hear it. You didn't hear the whole thing. So let me just tell you the whole thing. So there, you know, people have passed away and they're standing online to get into the pearly gates of heaven. And so they walk over to St. Peter, and Peter says, uh, state your name. And um, then, you know, the first guy, I actually said it in reverse, but the first guy said, my name, was, uh, my name is uh, Jose Lopez, and I was a taxi driver. And he hardly speaks any English. St. Peter opens the book, looks in there, and says, yes, you were. And he gives him a golden staff and a silk robe. And he says, you may enter into the kingdom of heaven, my son. And then um, the next guy walks up, and he says, uh, state your name. Peter, St. Peter says, state your name. He says, my name is uh, Father uh, Martin O'Malley, and uh, I was a, uh, a Christ, uh, you know a, a Christian uh, minister, right? He says, "Oh, yes, he was." And he opens the book and uh, says, "Peter, yes, you were." And he gives him a wooden staff and a cotton roll that says, "You may enter into the kingdom of heaven, my son." So Father O'Malley is like, uh, "Excuse me, um, 
St. Peter. I don't mean to be, you know, rude or, you know, give you a hard time or anything, but I was a priest, and you gave me wood and cotton, and he was a driver, a taxi driver, who hardly speaks any English, and you gave him gold and silver. I don't understand. St. Peter says, oh, you know what? I understand. That's okay. You get that question a lot. See, in heaven, we reward based on merit. See, when you were preaching, people were falling asleep. But when he was driving, people were praying. <laughs> I know it's a short story, I'm trying to say it real quick, but, you know. That is so awesome. That's great. I love that. My parents all, my parents all love that joke. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, you heard that joke before? No, I haven't, but I'm going to share it with my parents. They'll get a kick oh. out of it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I got, I got plenty of jokes. That was about the shortest one I could think of, though. So, uh, <laughs> right, so, so cool. So, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to entertain you when you, when you, you know, rather than you have silent uh, moments when you're listening to recording. So, oh, uh, right. you're so cute. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so, um, number eleven, women cheer, yay, men promote. And I'll tell you the difference. Women cheer, meaning they want to make sure the people they like or are awed by know that. If they don't want them to know it, they'll tell their friends and cheer on the sidelines amongst each other. So, you know, you might like the guy, but you won't let him know that you're kind of cheering for him, you're happy about him, so you'll tell your girlfriends, but you'll keep it silent because you're indirect, right? But, you know, you're you're like liking this guy, right? That's not what men do. Men will be awed also, but they don't cheer much. What they do instead is promote those they're amazed by. They they'll promote those. Them. Sorry, what was that like? They promote. They'll promote those that they are amazed by. They'll promote ways that they are amazed by. No, they'll promote the people that they're amazed by. Ah, uh, okay. I said those, but the people they're amazed by. Okay. They'll introduce that person to their friends, set them up with situations they can take advantage of, have them join their ranks of groups and societies, and generally speaking, spread the goods that they have all around where the people they're promoting can succeed. And why would they do that? Because they feel successful associating with a successful person, and they want their closest friends to be successful too. So they bring their best resources to their best friends and everyone who can benefit from it has a chance to do so. Men love it when women cheer um, because women only cheer for something great. And if she's cheering for him, that's just about all he needs. That and, you know, probably some sex. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If and when women include cheering um, for their man as a part of her enchantress formula, I'm going to have to create that. I know I wrote that, but I'm like, I just realized, I should create an enchantress for me. I think I already kind of, but anyhow. As you include this as a part of your enchantress formula, um, she'll be stepping up her enchanter skills and leaving heightened customer service experiences for him he'll never forget. So we're going to work on enchantress uh, formula skill set. We're going to create that. I mean, because I know that's a part of what it, I just never said it like that. But now that I said it like that, woohoo! All right. So, when women have when women have societies, they rarely have societies where they're like forwarding each other. 
rarely. That doesn't usually happen. Matter of fact, a lot of times y'all don't even trust each other. So y'all have very few friends and, you know, y'all be looking at each other like giving each other the gas face. Like, why should I hang out with you? Don't trust each other. The guy's looking at a woman. She's thinking that he, he's going to, that that woman has a chance of taking him away. He's just looking and all that stuff. Y'all must trust each other. Men trust each other quite a bit. Don't get me wrong. You know, racial, you know, gender-based and, you know, religious-based differences could, could cause men to, like, not care about everybody. But generally speaking, men trust each other for the most part. We know we can work with each other. You know what I mean? Trust each other to, to, to do what or be what? Well, when we're dealing with somebody who's successful, somebody who's doing well, someone we like, we will do our best to help them move forward. Yeah. We don't just pat them. We don't do it. Just pat them on the back. We try to set them up with the right person or put them in the right situation. You know, I'll tell you right now, the fellow that I'm working with, this, uh, um, with you know, building this cater, this uh, um, customer service consulting practice. By the way, I didn't even tell you that the uh, the people we were supposed to meet this past Wednesday, they canceled on us Tuesday night. Okay. We gotta wait till June. Anyhow. That's besides the point. So the guy I'm working with, you know, building a uh, consulting practice with uh, together. Um, when I first met him, we met in a men's organization, and he liked me from the beginning. The first thing I said, he liked. I was did something that was like generous with him or something like, you know, hey man, you can stand over here, or whatever I said. You know, he was in a meeting, and I didn't know him before then. Um, anyhow, um, you know, we met and we started hanging out. And he hired me to do catering with him, and, you know, I told him I was looking for a full-time job, and he got me a full-time job. He got me an interview with um, the, the head of a, the Angel Orange Fans Foundation, which is on Norfolk Street, the uh, third oldest uh, synagogue in the, in the country. Mm-hmm. And I worked for four months. He got me the job. You know, it was, like, amazing because he saw what kind, what kind of guy it was and all that stuff. So, you know, that's how much he's believed in me from the beginning, and that's like how we're doing a consulting practice together for a second time. Uh, this mm-hmm. time we're going all the way in. But that's because he promotes. We're, we're promoters. We trust each other. We work with each other, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what men do. Women don't usually do that. I'm not saying they don't but at all, but not that much. Most of the y'all gatherings is like to cheer for each other or to, you know, cry on each other's shoulders, but not necessarily produce any results. Mm-hmm. And so when men, you know, get together, uh, they'll either promote you or they'll promote men. They don't, they're not particular about who they're promoting either. Because <laughs> it's about success and progress, you know. Huh. That, does that communicate? Hello. Are you there? Sorry, I just was getting a call. I had to just send it to voicemail. Oh, okay. Yeah. So was that um? Was does that communicate or yeah? Questions about that? Um. Uh. Yeah. It's. I, I don't. I, I'm gonna have to. To, to mull over, like I, I think I, I generally get it. Um, so let, just... me, let me see, let me see if I can make it more clear. When, when men cheer and women cheer, but women, but men do something about their cheering. But women may not necessarily do anything about the cheering except for like enjoy the cheering. So a woman be like, "Yeah, he's so awesome! Oh my god! Oh my god!" And she hug him to death, and then they'll have sex and go to sleep. A man will be like, oh, my God, you should have saw what that guy did, man. Let me, I, man, I want to find out what I can do with him or who I need to introduce him to. The cheering don't stop for men until something happens out of that 
interaction with that person that they are cheering about. Yeah, I I, I hear you. It's just not my experience is different. So, like, I hear that as, like, a business person versus someone that's not a business person. You know, so, like, the business-minded, you're always looking for, you know, opportunities for yourself, for other people, build your network. But And it's all very purposeful because it's about, you know, fulfilling your ambition, fulfilling other people's ambition, fulfilling a company's mission, fulfilling, you know. So I, I guess I don't hear that like men and women. I, I hear it like business person, not business person. Um, Got it. Well, but, I can, but and And I can have an appreciation for, you know, women getting together to, uh, gossip to just you know talk about whatever they're stressed about, but not necessarily want anybody to solve anything. You know, I don't always relate to the latter. I never quite understood that one, but but I can have an appreciation for you know women and and then coming together to cheer for people. Like this drives me bonkers at Landmark, by the way. Is like everybody's like, I mean, I'm being generous or um, exaggerating here, but like this whole everybody cheers for everybody, and I'm just kind of like, but hold on a second. Like, this person can, like, move mountains, and, and this person can't. Like, I don't understand, you know? So so I'm I'm just kind of hearing it, hearing it. Well, this was beautiful that you went there. Beautiful you went there. It's so perfect. You know why? Here's why. Landmark allows, their, their policies and procedures allows participants to cheer for other participants but it doesn't allow for you to promote anybody. Mm. Especially if you're well, a leader. Especially as an IL, yeah, or a program leader or something, right? Yeah. There's restrictions. There's no promotion at all of anything other than landmark. Yeah, well, you, hold on, though. But people have gotten each other, you know, job interviews and jobs yes. and yes. partnerships. But that's not the policy. That's not the culture. That's the exception well, it doesn't go to the against the policy. Excuse me? Right. At least as an IL. I know, like, if I do more than, like, five grand of business with someone, I need to report it, you know. Uh, Network marketing's out, you know, as an IL. Like, there's that kind of stuff. Yeah, but think about it, right? So as a staff member, you know, you don't don't put somebody on your assisting team to help them get better at running their business. No, you have them get better at assisting on your assisting team, and you tell them they're responsible for their own success. Yeah. And yeah. they're responsible for taking what they got and putting it into their world. They don't have no conversations about how this applies in your job. I used to have those kind of conversations once in a while. Armin was like, you know, yeah, so Armin was like, what, are you some kind of coach or something? This was in 2001. <laughs> Apparently, I am Armin, sorry. Yeah, I am. But I didn't know that at the time, you know. But it's like, it's like okay. you got you to okay. take, take care of our stuff. Not, you know, like spread the word of anything other than a landmark. You can cheer all you want. You can't promote. That's how they, I, that's, that's okay, a, I accept. Yeah, I accept. That's a, that's, a, that's a cultural conversation, not necessarily just a legal conversation, you know, mm-hmm. okay. that, that communicates. But, but, you know, also, you know, um, part of the reason why women don't necessarily promote each other or promote anybody is because. You know, they don't, you all are indirect. You got to be direct to promote somebody. Mm. Now, you have a tendency to be direct at least a lot of the time. Um, you know, and so you're 
probably more in the uh, exception to the rule rather than the rule. But you're um, someone who's committed to whatever you're committed to, so you don't have a problem with speaking up because, you know, you've been running your business and being on independent on your own and all that stuff your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. But you're the, you're more closer to the exception to the rule than the rule. If you did a survey of a thousand women, you'd be like, "Oh, I wonder the executive types." <laughs> yeah, you're not you know you're not the other type just looking to be saved. You're yeah, for a part, okay. Not to not to be saved. So uh, women cheer because yeah, I got saved. You know, um, and so you know, don't think about producing about uh, promoting is producing results. The desire to produce results. Mm. And so, you know, men want to produce results, and it's not necessarily business-wise either, even though it could mm-hmm. be. So, like, I'm in a men's team. We meet on Monday nights. And um, I got put in there. They promoted my, my, my best – one of my best friends got me in there because he promoted them to me and promoted me to them. I ended up uh, doing – I ended up leaving – I don't remember if he was around, like, the the, the, the uh, when I was in the ILP, the um, – the, the meeting before Christmas, we was in room 1A having a class, and I shared about my uh, friends and family holiday intro. I don't know if he was there. But uh, I led it, and it was uh, me and uh, Danny and uh, Dave uh, Ramnery, and uh, they were my, my backups, and we ended up doing two for nine, which was yeah. Phenomenal, and uh, like I was like moved by how we how we did it, but that's because my friend promoted me to them, and then you know and promoted them to me, and that's like I'm in the group. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Promotion did that, not cheering. Cheering when they got me there. He needed he needed to work on me getting in there, but yeah. it worked. You know what I mean? So, uh, so it is now uh, almost nine forty five. It's nine forty. I'm going to stop right here. Um, uh, you want to you want to do um, Friday? It's up to you. Um, well, we can do next Monday. So it's up to you. Tell me. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'm so thrilled you offered Friday because I uh, I was thinking that like oh yeah let's get see if we can get one in on Friday. Um, yeah, Friday. Uh, Friday works. Friday works. That so you want to do another eight o'clock or eight thirty? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking eight o'clock. That works. Okay, great. So this will be session five of eight on Friday. Okay, awesome. Listen, let me just let me just you know give you a heads up that no matter how long it takes for me to get through um, the top twenty differences, because right now we're going to be walking into uh, to, to uh, number twelve of the top twenty. Yeah. Uh, no, matter, no matter how long it takes, um, uh, we will finish in eight sessions. I have yeah, no, I got that. Yeah, I got the flexibility in the final uh, three sessions. So, um, yeah. so just want to let you know that. And I had to do that because you know I never know how much conversations need to happen in order for the top twenty differences to really get grounded in. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So no, that would be great because then I can we can round out. You know, we can finish up the top twenty on Friday, and then maybe you know get into something else too and then uh but then I can have that li- yeah I look forward to having the having that yeah, list to go back I over got, it. I got that. <laughs> I totally got that. Yeah, yeah. All right, you know what I want to do? Uh I got to do some edits. 
you know, with what I wrote here. But I'm going to send you the top ten, and then I'll send you the other ten when we finish it. Right? How about that? Oh, it's okay. No, it's okay. Send the, the twenty on Friday. I'm, I'm. Um, uh, it'll actually be, be if, if it's possible for you to send them to me after our session, you know, sometime Friday or Saturday. Uh, but there's yeah. some conversations I'm having on Sunday and Monday that I could. I, I want to uh, have a look okay, at this okay. beforehand. I got it. And don't forget about that book. Okay. No. No more, Mister Nice Guy. I wrote it down. No more, Mister Nice Guy. Don't 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 uh, don't not buy that book. You should read that book. Even if you got to go to Barnes and Noble, sit there and read it. If you don't want to buy it, buy it, get the book and read it. Okay. So, All right, you. Coach. Thank you. My pleasure. Listen, this is awesome. I am so thrilled to be working with you because your listening is supreme and your wisdom and intelligence, your ability to be able to get it and then to check in to make sure when you're not, it's just it's just off the chain. So I, I just love it. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Tony. Thank you. This is, uh, yeah, it just keeps keeps piercing my listening and uh, uh, creating new openings. And it's like, oh wow, oh wow. You know, it's it's mm. just lived with these interpretations of why things went the way they went or didn't go, you know, good, bad, ugly, whatever. And it's like this is just this is shifting. Um, this is just shifting that. So I'll tell you a quick story, which was I was, um, I know you got to go. Um, I uh, was at this health conference and there were these two guys there that I think they're like they're 20-somethings. I don't know if they're maybe they're 26, maybe they're 29, whatever, but like right in there. And anyway, I just thought they were off the chain. They just finished the ILP at a DC center. They chose not to be IL and want to pursue this you know, network marketing business and all this kind of stuff. But um, and, and, and pursue landmark folks, right? So, so that's fine. Cool, doing their thing. Um, but anyway, they were just amazing. They were just amazing in in very different ways. Like my interactions with them were quite different. And but anyway, I sent each of them a letter um, at, or like a note on Facebook, you know, personal note on Facebook or private message afterwards. And it, I just took the time to like really acknowledge them and be specific. And I got these like notes back from them <laughs> so quick, you know. And like the one guy had even said like. He's a, he's an amazing, amazing rock climber, and I was just like, oh, you know, just at the end, I was like, oh, if you're, you know, whenever you're in the New York area next, if you have, um, if you'd be willing, you know, to have the, if you have the patience for a novice, you know, I'd love to love to go rock climb. And I get this note back, like, oh, absolutely, take you rock climbing, <laughs> like no. <laughs> and then the other guy, uh, he was just, oh my gosh, he was just amazing. I uh, uh, there was one point I just got super emotional there in this training which just wasn't even like me and he was just there to be this amazing safe space and, and kind of catch me and I um, just you know wrote about that and thanking him again and all that and he just he's like you've no idea how much this means to me and thank you so much and I was like oh my gosh because he was successful you know so for me it was a safe space but for him it was you know be, being so successful <laughs> that's how it goes you know you're safe and he's successful and it's funny. <laughs> and that's what happens, you know. You're happy that he's successfully made you safe, and he's happy that he's um he's happy that uh he's uh, successfully made you safe, or he's that you're happy with his success. And so, you know, that, that's how it goes. It's just it's just, it's just crazy. It's just yeah. Crazy. Awesome. All right, Tony. Well, thank you so much. Have a uh, have a powerful week. Is your event this Wednesday? Yep. Wednesday, 7 o'clock.
It's Wednesday at 7. All right. I'm on a flight, unfortunately. But, uh, um, okay. All right. We'll have an amazing, amazing event. And I uh, look forward to talking to you Friday morning. Awesome. Talk to you All right. Friday Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Tony. Bye. Mm-hmm.